legend himself. He is Jimmer Fredette with us here on The Big Show. Jimmer, I wanted to ask you about your coach, Dave Rose. He retired a couple of months ago. Will you talk about playing for that staff and what their legacy should be up at BYU? They're amazing. I think it was the best coaching staff that BYU's ever had. What Coach Rose and the coaches were able to do when he was there was just win. He is an amazing coach and even a more amazing guy who really, truly cares about his players, their families, and what they do. He deserves a ton of credit for where BYU is in their basketball program right now, and hopefully Coach Pope will continue that. Dirk Facer covers the Utes for the Deseret News. Thanks for coming on with us, Dirk. Enjoyed your Q&A with Mark Harlan when he was talking about Larry Scott Dirk. His response didn't exactly sound like a ringing endorsement to me. Am I reading that wrong? No, I agree with you. I was a little taken back, but I asked him because I was expecting, oh, he's the guy, you know, and he didn't say that. He noted that, you know, obviously that Larry Scott as commissioner is going to take shots, and, you know, and he said it's fair to blame the commissioner for this and that, but uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement, but the interesting thing about the Pac-12 is you look at the hierarchy, because the athletic directors aren't as involved with Larry Scott as you would think. A lot of it's run by the presidents and chancellors, and then it filters down to the athletic directors from there. The TV play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, Greg Bullerjack. Durant's life's going to change, and yep. Golden State's got big decisions to make. I thought you were right on the money comparing it to Memo Kerr's situation from a few years I ago. I remember that's uh, exactly what happened. Hey, he fought it, through an injury. Yeah. And memo came back, but he wasn't Memo again no. after that. The Durant saga, it's going to be an interesting story all summer long. Last night's one moment in time changed free agency for a lot of guys and a lot of teams and the way they're going to formulate their plan now. It all changed last night. It did. I can't wait to see what happens. Me too. This offseason is going to be unbelievably fun. And the draft is a, a week, week from, from Thursday. Yeah. I bet we see a lot of trades around the draft. Uh-huh. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. I reported last week the Celtics were not going to take their foot off the gas when it came to pursuing Anthony Davis. The Celtics look at Anthony Davis as being their best chance of retaining Kyrie Irving. And now, with Durant out of the picture, at least for one year, the Celtics can say to Kyrie, you come back, we get Anthony Davis, we're giving you a chance to get all your money, play with one of your closest friends, and to be a co-favorite to win the whole thing next year. And I think that will have some appeal. I don't know how strong the pull is to go back to New York, but the Celtics are doing everything they can with their pursuit of Anthony Davis to show Kyrie Boston is the best situation for him financially, and it's the best place he can win. Sam Amick with us from The Athletic. What is the most likely outcome for Anthony Davis? I would be surprised if he's not in the Lakers jersey at some point, maybe within the next day or so. The Lakers are trying to hold on to Kyle Kuzma. There are some people close to the situation who prefer they just put Kyle on the table and get the deal done, but it appears they're trying to use the number four pick instead of Kyle Kuzma, and that's where a little bit of the rub is. Don't forget, they still have that other max salary slot. So, I mean, as much as we have destroyed the Lakers with good reasons for the last couple months for how they function, they could have themselves an incredible team next year because they can get AD and then go grab another free agent after that. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Great job by Austin, as usual, on Sounds of the Week, brought to you by Zero Res. Spring cleaning is here, but it's way easier when you just call Zero Res. Schedule your carpet cleaning today. You get the fourth room clean for free. Minimum supply schedule with Zero Res today. We are live 
at one of our very, very favorite places, the Warehouse, right here in Salt Lake, 1967 South, 300 West, prices so low, it will blow your mind. On top of all the great deals, of course, we have jazz shirts for you. We have uh, the jazz desk ornament. We have jazz hats. Stop on by and grab them while you last, but trust me, you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. And here, I'll, I'll let you in on a little something. Normally, we talk to Tom, who, of course, is the owner here at the warehouse. Great friend of the station. Great dude. And uh, he's out of town. He's, In fact, Tom is, is out of the country, and uh, Race is going to be the one jumping on the air with us uh, today. And I, I got good word that, uh, that he's motivated to undercut Tom, his boss. And with Tom out of, out of uh, the country, there's literally nothing he can do about it. So today is the day to be listening to the big show, my friends. And today is the day to drop by the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Gordon gone for one more day. He'll be back next week coming off his uh, whatever tropical vacation he decided to go on this time. So we'll talk to uh, Gordon on Monday. David James of DJ PK talking sports fame will be along actually momentarily. We're expected to see uh, DJ at any moment. He's going to hang around uh, the show today and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Love doing shows with DJ. In fact, uh, did one earlier today where I feel or earlier this week, excuse me, when I filled in for PK and, um, we got into a great college football discussion. We got into a bunch of great NBA discussions. I enjoyed his show with Jeff Johnson this morning. I've got a lot on the plate to talk to uh, David James about. So excited uh, that he's going to come down and join us today at the at the warehouse. So we'll talk to DJ coming up in a moment, 1967 South, 300 West. Uh, also on the show today, Howard Beck is going to join us. Of course, Bleacher Report, NBA Daily Assist. Excited to talk to Howard, get a get basically a wrap on what happened with the NBA Finals. Now we're looking into uh, free agency, which is going to be awesome this year. The draft is less than a week away, so we have a lot to get to with Howard Beck coming up at 4 o'clock, your NBA Daily Assist. Bob Casper will be on with us at 4.30, and then our dear friend, the great Hans Olsen, is going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Always a good time to talk college football with Hans. We'll get uh, his opinion on the early returns in their 60-60, and 60, but run some expectations uh, by Hans. In fact, when I filled in with DJ on the morning show earlier this week, we talked about those expectations, and uh, DJ, of course, had some really interesting thoughts, and uh, we'll get Hans's thoughts as well. Joining me now at the warehouse, the one David James. Hi, DJ. I think I might just hop on one of these mattresses here, do the show, and if I drift off and start snoring, will you turn the mic down? Absolutely. This is the probably place won't to do, do it. any good. You'll probably hear me through your. Apparently, apparently, I can really saw the little lumber there. Saw the logs. So you need a mattress from the warehouse, and you need a mouthpiece from Soundsleep Medical. Is that? I what think you're... more number two than number one, uh, but possibly the daily double. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but there you go. I'm just saying we have a lot of great, you know, partners here on the station that could help you personally. Do we have a partner that provides the station with cruises? Uh, no. Uh, we do have a partner that provides the station with vacations to Mexico. That's another story. We'll ad- address that later. Um, that is a thing. Yeah. Need what? an airline? Need an airline? Yeah, we need one of those. Need yeah, some that... local restaurants. We definitely, you know what we really need? We need more breakfast places. That should be the priority. Oh, man, when I worked... When I worked on your show in the morning, you producing like 10 pounds. DJ and PK, we had a few different breakfast parties at that time. And, and one of them was, was like two blocks away, and they were good. Oh, it was And awesome. they went, they went the whole place, the whole block got sold. 
and uh, got redeveloped. It's right. like a four-story medical development now. The old bagelry. Oh, the bakery was tasty. That was tasty. Speaking of tasty, remember Tasty Tuesdays? I do remember Tasty Tuesdays. Because Tasty's was, yeah, uh, yeah. Are, are they still around, the donut company? Uh, I don't know the answer. Up in Kaysville, yeah. Are they still oh, okay. uh, up there? Right. Man, that was the best, yeah. But yeah, there's we a had handful some, of them. Johnny Kalachi? That was post breakfast. you, but we had Johnny Kalachi. I remember Johnny. Johnny. Johnny was a character. He was big time. So, yeah, let's, uh, where's Kurt at? Let's let's get Kurt motivated. Let's make the magic let's, happen. Let's get some breakfast spots going. the magic Although, you guys uh, have done a couple of remotes at Marley's, and I heard those the breakfast there. Hashtag is, winner. Yeah. Oh, look at Mr. French Toast right here. Yeah, Talon is here, <laughs> who's, who uh, challenged the French Toast record at he Marley's. Is, if Quinn Snyder ever saw Talon eat breakfast and hammer that French Toast away, he would draft him. He, he wanted to do attack 23rd. with vigor. Play with purpose. All the all the things he likes, you know. He's got to have an attack mindset, man. That nice and fork went after that French toast. That French toast never had a chance. Stack of four, bam, bam, whoop, gone. You know, Talon likes to play that down. But I'll tell you this: anytime you catch the eye of the owner, like the owner of the joint's, like, wow, that dude is putting away some French toast. <laughs> then that dude's hey, putting away some French toast. Nothing wrong with a thousand calories before seven a.m. Nothing at all. <laughs> Talon just shakes his head. Nice Padre cap, Talon. Oh, nice, yeah. Nice Padre cap. Rock solid. See? You're speaking DJ's language yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. He's got, uh, the, uh, he's got the, uh, the navy blue. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful stadium, by the way. They did a good job with that. Are you looking at me? Why are you giving me the, the death star? Oh, I was just, just, I'm not giving you the death star. I was deciding whether I wanted to jump in and derail the show with uh, San Diego Sports Talk. I'll tell you one quick story, okay? One quick story. My dad uh, you know, passed away of Alzheimer's a few years ago, so seeing that uh, the Broncos owner passed away after, well, we know at least a five-year battle with it, you know, kind of brought back the memories. I was thinking one of dad's classics when they built that stadium, because that's the fourth stadium that the Padres have played in through their PCL and National League history, which, you know, tracked dad's life um and uh and two of them predate me obviously when they played uh at qualcomm the murph aka san diego stadium uh obviously i went to games there but they've been in westgate park and lane field before that these 10 and twenty-five thousand seat stadiums ted williams played at lane field hey there you yeah, go all right and so um because he grew up in san diego and so he started there and so uh so they build this new stadium and dad's looking down the left field line and he's getting all, you can just tell, he's like time traveling, you know, getting, getting the old, oh, I remember back in the day, kind of, you know, uh-huh. like what? And he said, I can't believe the Western Metals building has been built into the stadium. That's that Western Metal Supply is that building. And if uh, you see a home run hit right down the line and left, there's this Western Metal Supply. And he goes, it's not some cute thing that they built into the stadium to make it look old. He says, that's a building. He says, when your grandpa, my, my grandfather uh, was a florist, a nurseryman, and did landscaping and had a nursery and a flower shop that he inherited from my great-grandfather. And he said, they'd be doing projects, and he would send me out. And he says, I'm 16 years old, standing at the counter in the Western Metals building, ordering up, you know, screws, nails, whatever, for whatever project, never dreaming that I was standing in left field, a 420-foot home run ah. down the line from a major league baseball stadium. He says, as a 16-year-old, it never occurred to me San Diego was going to get a National League team. It was just, you know. That's cool. Yeah, it was. So anytime you see the Western Metal Supply Bill, anytime I see it, I think of my dad standing there as a you know, 16, 17-year-old kid in high school, you know, working for minimum wage for 
the strictest employer he'd ever worked for, his dad. Of course. <laughs> who was, he was a little type A. He could get a little detail on it. All right, you ready for a laugh? Let's uh, do it. Austin, if, if Gordon were here, how would Gordon one-up that story? Uh, which way? There's like 17 ways that come to mind. I'm not sure which one you're thinking of. Uh, just, just any way, as long as it's delivered in your Gordon voice. Oh, okay, I got you. Well, DJ, look, I once saw Jack Murphy himself talking about the Jack Murphy Stadium. And and, uh, you know where I was? I was on the beach in Cabo. And I'll tell you, Cabo, Chester likes himself from Cabo, Jake. (laughs) Austin, Austin, how many years have I known you, Austin, and I've never... Heard you do that? This is ridiculous, DJ. (laughs) I know you've done it on the air because I've heard it on the air. But for whatever reason, it just occurs to me because we're overlapping during shows now. It would be for years we're at the opposite end, so you don't you don't hear it. I I need that in person with some Gordon Monson (laughs) mannerisms. I got to try to remember that next week. You do kind of have to get into the Gordon mind, and it's a scary place to be. Yeah, you don't like to go there that early in the day. That early in the day, it's not going to be a. It's going to be an after-lunch right. kind of thing. I'll tell you, Austin's a talented guy, and that, that Monson impression Chester, is Chester correct. likes himself some Cabo. That's a guy who's produced That's, for Gordon for a long a time. That is a good line. Yep. Uh, All right, we got our first listeners in here. No 10 Thanks lines. for coming by. Grab a shirt. All yours. Help yourself. Or a hat or whatever this is. Uh, feel free to choose that, too. The desk ornament thing, which, again, I If it were in the morning, PK would be wearing the hats and be telling people to rip them off his head. Which Do you word? want a pre-worn hat, really? Yeah, a 50-year-old right. guy? Wants, no, she, she rolls her eyes and walks away. That's disgusting. I agree. Exactly. But for whatever reason, the guys listen in the morning. I don't think it's awesome. All right. Uh, I tell you what, DJ. Should we save? Let's save the finals talk. We'll get to the split story coming up right around the corner. But uh, excited. That you're here, my man, because we're going to talk some uh, college football. I thought uh, Scotty was surprised you got me to back off my uh, – because I told you I thought Utah State and Utah would win 10 games. Yeah. And then you convinced me, and I, I was backpedaling. First I talked Zun- Rod Zunnel off 10. Now I talked you off 10. Scotty was surprised you were – Really? Is I, Scotty a 10-win guy? No, 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 but usually I really – Oh, he just thought you'd be stuck on it. Yeah, and, yeah, and And do that. What is Scotty? Scotty was more along the lines of where you are. Cause Thinking all those, eight or nine for the Aggies. I, I, cause those I'm cross leaning games towards come eight. Back on. I'm leaning towards eight. There's just so many road wins we're expecting out of them. And your boy has to not drop a home game. You want to say nine? My life is better the more local teams win. The more airtime we get, the higher the ratings are on the nightly shows, the more airtime we get in newscasts, the more excited fans. It's just life is better. You know, I've been doing it long enough now that I've been through whichever team it is you root for that's most important to you. At some point while I've been here, they've just sucked. They've just, they've just blown. It's been awful. And, you know, you just know you got to wait and they get out of it because nobody stayed in it forever. Right. You know. Well, and, and fans around here are a little bit different. You can get – you can – Different types of fans in different markets. We knew uh, the Kevin Graham, who did radio mm-hmm. here off and on for years, but he also uh, <laughs> three different times. Yeah, true. Right, lived in my basement the third time, uh, and uh, he he did some radio in Detroit for a long time. Yeah. Or not a long time because Kevin's never been anywhere a long time. But but a big. He would talk about how that market thrives on negativity. Huh. Like they, if the team wins, you you never hear anything. But when they lose, which is all the time, they love they enjoy being. In uproar, huh. right? Whereas around here, that that's not the case. Fans, I, I'm, fans will go away from it, 
before they'll they don't really get, mad. get mad. They get there's a brief. Well, first they first they they tolerate it. They walk away. If it goes on and gets really embarrassing, they get mad. But you're right. They largely just like hey, I'm moving on to something else. Right. Get back when I can have some fun and you can entertain me. Right. I got no I got no time for you while you're at the bottom of the barrel. Even though I did think Jazz attendance held on pretty good, pretty well through the uh, through the rebuild. I mean, when you look at some of those stadiums out there, you know, when when well, I think that's the dumps. But, but that's a factor of um, business. I think that uh, you know the way tickets have gone, especially for the best seats in all sports, college and pro, baseball, football, basketball, right. you know, whatever. Um, those aren't bought by individuals. They are largely bought by corporations. And corporations use them to entertain clients. And so the client's going for free. So, and the client is signing some business deal. And so, you know, I mean, to use the most extreme example, the Warriors may not be the Warriors going forward. <laughs> they got too many no. injured guys. We're gonna and they're not going to have enough depth. And they're over 30. And so, you know, I mean, they, they should still be good. Although David Locke thinks they might struggle to make the playoffs. I think that's too much. Um, Ooh, that's something we'll have to dig into. I know. And then on the on the podcast uh, that I think is up now that I do with Tim Lacombe, the former BYU yeah. assistant, yeah. DJ and the coach, uh, he disagrees with Locke. I think the Warriors are still top four in the West. Now, that doesn't mean they can't go out in the first or second round. Uh, but still, I think they're going to beat enough bad teams to win 50 games. And, you know, I don't think they're falling that far. But it will show when they play better teams in the playoffs. Um, and they're going to charge $2 million to be in a luxury suite. Whew. Why are people going to pay it? Because those are companies taking clients, and these people otherwise can't go, and they get them in a good mood, and now it's the financial district in San Francisco, and you're cutting deals that are $10, $25, $50 million deals. $2 million luxury suite that you get to use 41 times plus playoffs? And well, then you probably have options on whatever concerts come through, and you know I'm sure everybody I'm on guessing, tour is uh, going to want to play that arena. I'm guessing Larry Scott's going to buy two. I'm thinking t- – Bada bing. I see what you did there. That's Come classic. on. I like yeah. it. I like it. At least hey, two. But that's a great example. That's a great example because, first off, people are like, $2 million, that's ridiculous. These business deals, that's ridiculous. Larry Scott, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and if Larry took direct TV executives there and wind him and dine him and closed that deal, it'd be worth it, wouldn't it? Overserve the <laughs> president of DirecTV. It then. would be worth it. Would it? Well, you know, time, things change. There's a proposal out there that Dish and Direct are going to merge, which in the day was denied because they had too much market share. But now there's so many ways to get video. Local TV doesn't have the monopoly. Cable TV doesn't have the monopoly. Satellites don't have the monopoly. I mean, you can stream video on uh, Wednesday. I haven't watched Netflix in uh, like 48 hours. I've been watching on Netflix, right? Somebody else is watching on Amazon. Someone else is watching on Hulu. There's lots of ways to get video. So that's that, whereas like a decade ago or whatever it was, Dish and Direct, the merger got turned down. Right. Because monopolistic practices. Now it might sail through because everybody's market share is declining because there are just so many options. All right. We'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. David James filling in for Gordon today. Nice enough to do so. We'll if get they to the game do, last night coming up next. If they do merge, who's in charge? What's the priority? Does do the people who have a dish lose it because all of satellite drops it? Or do the people who direct win because now that they merge, everybody picks it up? The answer is AT&T is in charge. Where's it going? The biggest dog in the... In Where's the it going? Yeah. yeah. All right. Ponder that. Uh, all right. 1967 South, 300 West. Joining us now, we're at the, uh, the warehouse. And our good friend, Race, 
is on with us. And, uh, and Ray, so if our listeners have come down here during uh, our remotes, they're familiar familiar with you. You're you're the man who makes this place go. And now that Tom's out of town, we're taking advantage of it, brother. we got to do it. Oh, we're having lots of fun while the owner's gone. <laughs> Let's see how mad we can make Tom when he gets back. You know, there's construction going on here, about 100 apartments right behind us in the construction the mess out here in the parking lot it's a little more difficult to get into the building but i'll tell you what if you come here and maneuver through the construction especially if you're going to move into a new apartment or possibly buy a new home and you don't have a lot of extra money and you need a sofa and a love seat how about a name brand ashley signature design sofa and love seat comes in eight different colors mocha cafe steel salsa stone sage cobblestone sky blue regular price 497 for the sofa regular price for the love seat 419 how about today and tomorrow since tom isn't here 299 for the sofa 297 for the love seat not to steal your line race but race you can't do that Tell them that you heard it on the zone, and we will give you that special. All right, there you go. You heard it. Hit us with that one more time, Race, with the uh, the love seat and the two ninety nine for the sofa in eight different colors, two ninety seven for the love seat in eight different wow. colors. DJ, you strike me as a sky blue guy. What do you think? I've been thinking about this all along. When you mentioned, I got distracted right at the start. You know, shiny thing, butterfly, and I'm I'm off. I'm gone. <laughs> You said 100 apartments are being built. Right. And right away, I'm trying to figure if that means you sell 100 mattresses, because on average, they're studio one bedrooms, or if they're two bedrooms or three bedrooms, what the ratio is, are you selling 100 mattresses, 150, 200? And then I'm thinking of all the apartment complexes, because anywhere you go along the tracks line, there's, uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but there's basically a tax credit that all the developers want to cash in on if you're within a quarter mile, a half mile, basically walking distance of the tracks line. It's a lot of apartments going up in this town. We sell a lot of mattresses. There it here. is. <laughs> you're all about we'll talk it. About Every that time the you next see time. an apartment building, you're just driving down the road, yeah, fist we pumping. It. We love it. So there it is. Thank you. You, you are easily distracted. I really am. All right, get <laughs> I down joke, here. I joke about a limit, but I'll just raise my hand. Guilty, Your yeah. Honor. 1967 South, 300 West. Get here. We're talking about the game last night. NBA Finals next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Clint with a great tweet. A disturbing recurring theme with that P.K. Kinahan. GUEs. You have too many GUEs. Great urinal encounters. His ear isn't he started at the urinal. There have been brushes with celebrity. Kenny Stabler. Kenny Stabler. At the urinal. <laughs> Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Clint. Clint is right. Take my no, no, urinal. No. Right, Take my whole Stop. life to. Here come more tweets. <laughs> Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You sink in in the darkness, got that feeling. Feeding out the hope is fleeting. With every word, you're praying, praying for the strength and vision. Cousins inbounds the ball. Curry heaves it at the buzzer. It's no good. 
franchise history, league history. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. A city, a province, a country celebrates. The NBA championship is due north. The wow. Toronto Raptors win 114-110. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David James sitting in for Gordon Monson today. Jake Scott with you. It's a local band Friday. Nick Whiteside, singer-songwriter from South Ogden. Here, excuse me, here is music on iTunes. It's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. DJ, chalk one up for the queen. The uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy is going to Canada. Yeah, it happens. I'm not very concerned about that. I know a lot of people are feeling a lot of nationalism, a lot of pride now. I've been to Toronto a couple times. I hear it's a great city. I'd love to go. And I haven't been there long enough to explore everything about it. Uh, it was in and out for two soccer games. or both, you know, the kind of 36 to 48-hour windows. Uh, but you get a little time to bump around. And, okay, the money's different. I got You got me there. But aside from that, I felt like it was in the U.S. of A. It's not that big a jump. I, I went to Japan for work. I felt like I was on a different planet. Right. You can't bluff the language in Japan. You, you're in the train station, and you've got to catch a train to another city, and you look up. Like Spanish, you, okay, I've got some high school Spanish. I've lost a lot of it, but you can sign it out. You organize words. The alphabet's the same. When you're in Japan, and they've got the symbols up there, it means nothing to you. You, you got it means It means nothing. Luckily, everybody in Japan speaks a mild amount of English, at least. It took a little while. It wasn't as easy as you think. It wasn't, but it took a little while, and then someone found something. We got straightened out, and we didn't go to the wrong city. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that worked out well for you. But I didn't, I didn't think going to Australia, because I went there for a week before the Olympics for work. That was another trip. Uh, Australia is more foreign. Sydney was more foreign than Toronto. Oh, I'm sure it was. But it was still 70% the U.S. Toronto was... 99%. Really, I think the only thing is the money's different. I just was surprised that it's still a part of the United Kingdom. Well, I guess it all depends on how you split off, and we split off a little more violently. We did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, but the Raptors win, DJ, and I don't know. We can, uh, we can talk about the ramifications and where the Warriors go next, but specifically on the game, I know it was close, and I know <clears throat> coming down the stretch, but once Clay Thompson went down, didn't you have the feeling that the Raptors were closing that out? Yes, I did have the feeling they were closing it out. Everyone had the feeling they were closing it out. And when they struggled to close it out, it put doubt in my mind. And, you know, with six minutes to go, they were trading the lead back and forth. And I'm like, Toronto, where's the killer instinct? Slammed the door already. And we, because they had, like, at that point, it was nine or ten minutes without Clay, and they hadn't done it. I was starting to think they weren't going to, and they were going to blow it. And they finally got, like, the six point lead with, like, 210, 215 to go. Right. I'm like, yeah, you had a six point lead with three minutes left at home, and you couldn't hold it, but you're not going to mess this up. And six went down to one like that. But they still had the ball with 20 seconds left, and they're not going to mess this up. And sure enough, they throw it out of bounds. Yeah, I hey, that. I got an idea. Let's do what David James did when he was in the ninth grade and had never seen a 1-3-1 half-court trap before. Let's dribble right to the corner. Eh, worst place you can go on the court. Let's dribble right to the corner, pick up our dribble, and try to throw the ball down the sideline to a guy who's barely open and throw it out of bounds. Sounds like never a great idea. do anything I did in the ninth grade. I was a Mediocre high school player on a bad team. I was average on my best day. I sucked on my worst day. 
if you are me in the ninth grade and you're in the NBA Finals, you got a problem. You handed them a golden opportunity. You yep. got away with it and you won. I don't think. I think the whole thing is: this, is there going to be an asterisk next to their championship? Way too strong. Other teams have gotten lucky breaks. Yep. That like, paved the way to win a championship. The Warriors, when they're trying to win the first championship, which in my mind is always the hardest one for a group to win, there's more pressure. You don't know if you can do it. You don't know how to do it because you haven't done it before. The Warriors got a gift wrap. Kyrie Irving's hurt. Kevin Love is hurt. They got a gift wrap. It happens. Detroit, no four. Got it. You're a champion. Malone you're not an there. asterisk. Now, when they consider who are the greatest champions, you're not going in the discussion. One isn't enough, especially if your one came under those circumstances. But you're still a champion. You get a parade. You get a ring. You're a champion. The Astros stuff is too strong. I agree. And they got there. And yeah. you know what? They beat a bunch of good teams to get there. Philly was no slouch. Milwaukee was a great team. And they had but up- teams that hadn't done it before and didn't know how to do it either. Right. Both those teams were also at their deepest point ever in the playoffs. Not that Toronto had a lot of experience, but Danny Green had won a title. Uh, Quiet won a title and been the finals MVP. Uh, Marcus Sol had been in the playoffs, so they hadn't been very deep with Memphis. So that's not a, a great they example. They upset San Antonio one year. I mean, he had yeah. he had some battles. Yeah, he certainly had experience. Kyle Lowry, not all of it positive, but he's in the, been in the playoffs right. a bunch. It was things broke Toronto's way, but you know you got to put yourself in position, hope catch some breaks, and they break your way. I said this this morning with uh, Toronto. What's the difference between Toronto and say the Jazz, uh, the Nuggets? Uh, the Pacers, are any of those cities, any of those four cities ever going to put together a super team? Are any of those four cities look like they're going to line up a three-peat? Who's done a three-peat? I mean, we're talking the Lakers, Lakers and the Shaq Bulls. and Kobe, yeah. the Bulls with MJ, two of the three biggest markets, glamour places with all-time, all-time players. Even San Antonio spaced theirs out. Spaced theirs out, right. And they won five, and they got an all-time, all-time guy who stayed there. Maybe. Maybe a Denver, a Utah, and Indiana, if they got a Duncan, were smart and put guys around him. You know, Duncan only looked at leaving once. He flirted with it one year going to Orlando, and then he didn't. Um, it, it just seems like a 1,001. Toronto looks like what I think – I mean, a third of the NBA isn't competent enough to win the title at any time, right? There's no sign that uh, Sarver and Phoenix – um, right. the, the Knicks. There's no sign that there's a competence there that's going to win it. The middle third, there's probably a third of the league where there's a pretty good deal of competence. There wasn't Phoenix for 30 or 40 years, just not in the last decade. Right. Uh, there is in Indiana. There is in Utah. There's Denver had a brutal 15-year run, but so did the Warriors when they had the wrong owner. You know. Uh, but I think when you're in a cold-weather city and you're not in a mega market – you are at a disadvantage. There's no way around it. And the best you can hope to do is what Toronto just did. Build a good team. Build one of the top four and then get some breaks. You face a Milwaukee team. Their star player isn't ready yet. They're good. But their star player, it's his first run. They don't perimeter shooting. And you take them down. And then the big dog has multiple injuries. And you cash in and you win. It really is kind of the 0-4 Pistons. They were in the conference finals six or seven years in a row. And one time it broke their way and they broke through and they won it. Thing with the with the Raptors though, you comparing them to the Jazz and those other markets, mm-hmm. and even to that Pistons team, is they found a way to get the number one that could do it, the the one guy, the the, yeah, the they number did. one player. And and the thing with the Jazz and, and but, the small markets you're talking about is you're going to have to either make an aggressive trade for that number one in circumstances that don't come up all that often. James Harden gets traded from Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might. But that able... hasn't paid off with the championship yet. It was a no, brilliant no, 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 trade. It, it was a great risk, and it hasn't broken their right. way. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, it just doesn't happen well, all that much. Or you have to draft and develop it. 
Because you're not going to sign a number one, number one in free agency. I think you have to draft and develop anyway because when the guys come available, you need to have the assets that the other team wants to deal. Now, you probably need to be in the right conference. A lot of times they want to deal that guy to a different conference. You know, he was, Kawhi Leonard was available, but I think the Spurs wanted to send him east. They want to spend him west. Now, they did want the best assets, so be in the east and have great assets. And so everyone's talking about, well, they didn't have any lottery guys. Well, they used the lottery guys to trade for the guys they got. Right. So they did have lottery guys, but they traded them for better players. Which got them to where they wanted. And in some cases, I don't even know if at the end of the career you'll say, this guy's better than that guy. But at that moment in time, they were better. You know, having young guys isn't the way to win a championship. And they traded young guys for older guys, you know. Gasol's older than Valenzuela's. Well, Gasol's older than almost everybody. But, you know, you need a veteran guy. And they, they put Pirtle in the deal. You've got to have someone that San Antonio wants if you're going to get Leonard and Danny right. Green back. Which made all the difference. Those three players you just mentioned – yeah, or what took Toronto? To the yeah, next. DeLon Wright was in the deal to Memphis that got Gasol. Right. And he played great for Memphis, by the way. Great. Terrific. So you still have to long, draft and yeah. develop if you're going to swing those deals. Oh, you have to. And you have to draft and develop. Very rarely does a free agent want to come and join nothing. LeBron to L.A., it's kind of a one-off. It's kind of a different deal. But most free agents, I mean, I think from everything we heard, Kyrie Irving was looking at Brooklyn pretty serious with Durant. But Durant gets hurt. He wants to be with someone else. Is Brooklyn drafted and developed players he wants to play with? I think we're going to find out no, especially if Sam Amick, and, and you guys had the interview yep. yesterday and you just played in the cuts at the top of the hour here, the, the, you know, the best of the week. Um, if the AD deal goes down here soon, then I think if that happens, then Kyrie's definitely going to the Lakers. See, I don't. I think he's pretty locked in on Brooklyn regardless. <clears throat> He'll go to Brooklyn by himself with no Durant. I think so. Instead of going to rejoin with LeBron and AD, and having another shot at a title? I think the agency he, picks, he picked tells you everything you need to know. Don't, doesn't that agency have ties to both the Nets and the Lakers in different directions, but nonetheless? Uh, the president of Rock Nation is the twin brother of the basketball ops guy for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Plus, he just bought a house in Brooklyn, if you want to read into that. The problem is they make so much money that buying property yeah, doesn't mean right. anything. It doesn't. Carlos Boozer was living here. He bought in L.A., now, he eventually did go and play in L.A., but he'd flipped that house and made money on it long before he ever went to L.A. It didn't have, and then you had other guys, Gordon Hayward and Memento Kerr, bought homes in San Diego. It doesn't even have an NBA team. They're NBA guys. They got money. P.K. tells the Memento Kerr story. Memento Kerr has a, loves to golf, and he's got a country club membership in San Diego, but the club's closed on Mondays. Well, he might want to play on Monday. He's got enough money. He just buys a club membership at a different club that's open on Mondays. The normal rules don't apply. That would be nice. The normal rules. I mean, here, we probably have listeners who have a country club membership. We probably got a bunch of listeners who don't and, and play, you know, city and county courses and wherever. Nibbly, hello. Hello. Um, we're lucky we have a lot of golf courses. Oh, There's a lot so of golf. Lucky. You know, you, yeah. you, you can go a lot of places and play. Um, but we also have listeners of country club memberships. But I don't know that someone who's got a membership at uh, Salt Lake Country Club or at Willow Creek or at Riverside has another membership to cover a day when their club is dark. Well, if Coach Witt's listening. He'd be the exception. Yeah. But again, you're talking about a guy who's making over $3 million a year and has got a multi-year deal. And NBA players look at that and go, wow, you're not even getting the full veteran exception, huh, Kyle? Huh. That's how much money they have. Do you remember when uh, Prince painted Carlos Boozer's house purple and he was all bent out of shape about it? Yeah. Yeah, that was his L.A. house. Rented it out to Prince. Prince painted it purple. He was mad. (laughs) 
I love that story. That's a great story. All right. DJ thinks the Warriors are a playoff team next year. We're going to talk about it coming up next. Howard Beck, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Big show from the warehouse. Come see us, 1967 South, 300 West, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. David James sitting in for Gordon Monson today. Jake Scott, we're live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Stop by and see us. Uh, we're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour. But, DJ, you said something that caught my ear. You think Golden State's still uh, an upper echelon playoff team, even without Durant and Thompson? Well, course. you got two all-stars at the top. They can both handle the ball. I, I'm assuming that they re-up Clay and not Durant, and the Clay either doesn't play or plays a very limited role at the end of the year. You know, maybe he comes back the last month or two, man, month probably, uh, depending on how fast he comes back, and is playing 10 to 15 minutes a game. I, don't, I just don't see a big role for him. And if there's any type of setback or anything, maybe he just sits out the whole year. You know, just 15 months would be totally right. There's no reason to push the envelope, come back, and, and get injured Couldn't and be out more. for another year. Yep. But they got two All-Stars. they got a lot of money tied up. But I would think that playing off those two guys, going in for a veteran exception, being a guy who's had some issues and wants to restart his career, that that's a good situation. Because when you're playing off guys who are that good, you get more opportunities. And two All-Stars, what's happened is the middle of the league has pretty much evaporated. Teams either want to be really good or really bad. And the Warriors are going to be able to beat all the really bad teams with two All-Stars. The only thing that could crush them is they really are going to not be very deep. And whenever you have two guys and a big drop-off in talent, which the Warriors didn't have, but most teams do have, you know, maybe you got a third pretty good guy. But if one or two of your top guys get hurt, you're in trouble. Now, when you're the Warriors and you got four good guys and you're in the finals, trouble means you'll lose a playoff series, right. in this case the finals. But in the regular season, it means you're the Lakers. One minute, LeBron has got him top four in the West. He gets hurt, they plummet. So a lot could be right. They could miss the playoffs if Draymond Green and Steph Curry have health problems. If I look down and see one of those guys played 51 games or one of those guys played 35 games, okay, all bets are off. But assuming that those guys play 69 games and 73 games, they're a playoff team. The, the top two are really good. Okay, they the are. The top two are really good. But that drop-off that you're talking about is going to be way more uh, significant with Golden State. Okay, but is it going to be any worse than what Portland has? Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, because they're already if KD stays or goes, it doesn't matter. They're already capped out. That's it. So they're going to have a mid-level. Right. And they'll have veteran minimum guys. Mm-hmm. 
So that means that outside of, of Steph and, and Draymond, we're well, looking at a, a near-dead Andre Iguodala. Who can you really squeeze another year of production out of that guy? I don't you know. can as long as you limit it to twenty five minutes. I totally agree with what Locke said this morning. Locke is like, man, if you try to play that guy thirty two minutes a game, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I'm with you there. You got to limit it. Livingston is you playing got... on one leg, and Locke said he might retire. And they're and, gonna... and David hears stuff talking to people. Yeah. So when when you got to listen a lot close when he says things like, oh, this might happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not a fifty fifty call. That's an eighty twenty call. So it's going to be Draymond, Steph. Andre in the mm-hmm. starting lineup, and then the rest of the team is G League guys. Well, okay, we'll see if they if they do that poorly signing guys, or if they if they attract some guys who want to restart their career, saying, "Hey, I can go play thirty minutes in Golden State, where elsewhere I go and I, there's going to be more depth. It's going to be hard to get on the court. I know I can go there and play thirty minutes, and I know Steph's going to be doubled, and the rest of us are going to play four on three, because who in their right mind isn't going to defend exactly the way the Raptors did? Listen, I don't know if we're going to beat the Warriors or not," says NBA coach fill in the blank Quinn Snyder, since he's local. But I'm not going to let Steph beat us. Look at this team. Everybody else is playing four on three. If I'm a free agent, that's pretty attractive. Now, not attractive enough to pass up $10 million somewhere else. I get that. There's some guys that they're just not going to. But there's talented guys who can make open shots. If you know how to play and it's four on three. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean Tabo Cephalosha is going to go there and dominate. Open. Are they going to be able to do what the Jazz have done and go out and find guys who have no rep who can play and bring them along and get them back to that level? Or uh, no, they're not getting back to that play, level. I don't. I don't think they're going anywhere in the postseason. Yeah. The fact the Warriors might lose next year in the first or second round, you're right. They might lose next year in the first or second round. But they're going to win 50 games next year because they're going to beat all the bad teams and they're going to beat a few of the good teams. There aren't that many bad teams in the West, though. And that's a factor. And what we saw this year was in the first half of the season, everyone thought they had a shot. And so the standings were really compact into January. And then you got a little separation. And when teams realized they didn't have a shot, they did what Memphis did. We're out. And the losses piled up. And all of a sudden, the top eight pulled away from the bottom seven. And you look at it. At the end, there was real separation. Real separation that did not exist December 15th or January 1st or January 15th. And I think you're going to see it again. Right. And, and if that, the injuries I'm talking about happen to Curry or to Draymond Green and they happen in November and December and they have a really bad stretch and it goes the way it went for the Lakers, then they will shut guys down and they will check out and they will miss the playoffs. And, and I don't, right now we can sit here and say, hey, realistically, I see 9, 10, 11 teams in the West, whatever it is when the rosters shake out in a month. And I'll tell you right away out of those, let's just say it's 11 teams. Who's going to miss the playoffs? The two teams that get gutted by injuries. I don't know true. who they are right now. But in December, January, and February, someone's going to tear an ACL. It's going to happen. That's the team that's in trouble. We're live at the warehouse. Come see us, 1967 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Our good friend Race is with us once again. Race, let's blow some minds, my man. You know what? I know every time you're here, which we really enjoy having you here, Tom always talks about mattresses and pillows. Let me tell you what happened. Tuesday, we received a 53-foot truck with 153 Queen Sealy Posturepedic mattresses. Queen size, plush tops. They sell for $719 down the street at the big box store. I'm going to put them on sale for $299. Wow, less than half. 
And if you need a pillow, you know the pillows that Tom talks about. They're 100 to $129 down the street also. I'm going to do something that Tom doesn't do, and then he can yell at me later. A pair of those pillows, 35 bucks For two? For two, instead of the regular price. Or if you only want one, I'll do it for $19. Great buy on mattress and pillows. You're all about market share, aren't you? That's I am. what you're going to tell Tom. Tom, it was all about market share. I learned from you. You're the master. It's always he can't easier yell to at you when you say, say I'm that. sorry after. You can't yell at you when you say, I learned about market share at the feet of the master. You, Tom. <laughs> there you go. Take advantage of it. Thank you, Race. 1967 South, 300 West. It's the warehouse. Howard back next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Cobb, he covers the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies. Speaking of Mike Conley, if we could play hypothetical here, if he is in a Jazz uniform next season, what do you think that does for the Jazz's chances in the Western Conference? Well, if Mike Conley is the player that he was this past season, uh, I think it would help him a lot. I think a Donovan Mitchell-Mike Conley backcourt is really exciting. Mike Conley does not have to be ball dominant. Donovan Mitchell's going to get his shots and Mike Conley can roll with that. I would love to see the backcourt pairing of Conley and Mitchell uh, selfishly combined with what Rudy Gobert and some of the other pieces out there bring. I think that Conley's got a couple of more really good seasons left in in the tank. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.